the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. What broke the market? A lot of people are asking that question. February of 2018 is going to be a year that lives in infamy. No, I don't think so. A month that lives in infamy. No, I don't think so. Um, But we do have to ask the questions, what happened and why? And what do we think about it? How do we feel about it? Things along those lines. So when I throw that out there, you always have to learn from history. I believe, from studying history of the stock market, that most recessions have been started by the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. And typically, what that means is they raise the cost of borrowing to offset the rise of inflation. Now, maybe they're slowing down the economy, and it's tough to see the train and how slow you can make it before it becomes derailed. I don't know a lot about train technology and speeds and things like that, but I feel that Typically, a recession is the first part. The Federal Reserve is typically what leads us to a market correction. The market looks into the future and is a discounting mechanism, and typically it sees, hey, the good days are gone. It's heavenly right now, but we should probably do something before we're the last ones out the door. January 26, 2018, the stock market was sitting at an all-time high. It was pretty glorious. It felt like sun on my face. I went to the beach this weekend and felt sun on my face. I went to Minecraft Fair and I felt like, well, um, acne cream was wafting through the air. Uh, investors everywhere were marveling on January 26th at what an impressive start of the year had been. What big muscles you have, Mr. Market. What an astounding run that we had in the past nine years, adding more than 300% from the 2009 post-financial crisis low. And then the market started to fall apart. It's never pretty when this happens. And the market started to break. The S&P 500 had been up 7.5% through the January 26th, on pace for one of the best Januaries ever. But since late last year, a lot of market strategists, who generally tilt towards the sunny side of the street, have been noting that the measures of optimism and economic strength were headed towards levels that would be hard to sustain. You know, when you start... When you're in a market that has a P.E. of 12 and you've got incredibly low interest rates, you've got a long way to go on the upside. Historically, the market's going to trade somewhere, say, historically between 12 and 18. 18's on the high side. Now, it's gotten 20 super stretched, and it's got 10 super value, but that's typically about it. 12 to 18, and here we were trading to 18 times earnings. Now, we saw the tax plan, and we saw the market shoot up on basically 13 months of tax plans coming, healthcare reforms coming. But the tax plan was going to be a big one in the repatriation of cash. 
So in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, we were incredibly wary of stocks. You know, we were looking for economic strength. We were looking for optimism. When we finally got it, 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 it went on a big run. And then we kind of forgot what it's like to have a down market. The 10-year treasury started to tell us the economy is looking better, guys. Way better. So it surged up to 2.85% on February 2nd. And since then, it's been playing, well, not since then, but let's say for the better part of February, it's been playing with a little bit lower, but a little bit higher, but a little bit lower, but a little bit higher. It's kind of working its way higher. We assume that 4.1% or 4% unemployment is full employment. We don't know that. Federal Reserve typically seeks to tame accelerated inflation by increasing interest rates. Inflation's bad. Now, I'm going to say, how about wage inflation? Well, for the employee, it's great. For the employer, it's bad. Unless they're getting productivity gains to offset that. A lot of employers are like, they want a fixed dollar. They want to make 58% or 52% margins or 48% margins. So the Federal Reserve typically accelerates interest rate moves higher by artificially moving them instead of letting them move on their own. Some people would like to abolish the Federal Reserve and let treasuries go where they go. But they can kind of nudge things by raising interest rates that they will give money to the banks. Higher yields make bonds more attractive relative to stocks. And that can uh, make the market's valuation uh, stretch, excessive. When you're trading at over 20 times 12 months trailing earnings, stocks look expensive compared to bonds. And stocks look expensive compared to their own history. A lot of the recent environment, the bull market itself, it's been predicated on interest rates staying low. How high will they go? Now, we've seen the market get calamitous with a move in the the 10-year treasury. You would imagine the Federal Reserve's paying attention to that, but the Federal Reserve's also probably paying attention to, hey, hasn't the market been up 300% in nine years? Maybe we don't have to protect the market. Maybe it needs some time to cool off. In the years since the financial crisis, investors have grown accustomed to a world of low inflation and sluggish but predictable growth. Corporate earnings benefited from those trends. Faster growth, greater inflation, rising bond yields signal that this comforting world is a thing of the past. We've started seeing wage inflation. We know we're going to get faster GDP growth because of the tax cuts. We also know that some of the wage inflation is probably coming from the lowest income people as states at the beginning of the year raise minimum wage. With the Federal Reserve saying that they're going, not the Federal Reserve, but with the tax plan saying that corporations can repatriate cash from overseas, we're going to have probably $750 billion to a couple trillion dollars come back. And it will be put to work in either shareholder buybacks, which boost stocks, dividends, which increase cash in investors' hands. Um, or reduction of bonds, paying off debt, which means corporations make more money in the long term. It depends on when that debt was issued and how much. Maybe there's some corporate infrastructure plans. So the market was, was hooked on low interest rates, and now we've seen interest rates move higher. It's a big story in 2018. How high will they go? Reverse limbo. The going bet right now is that the Federal Reserve will continue to lift rates and focus on fighting wage inflation, and they think we're at full employment at 4%. They'll tighten credit. It'll be tougher to get a mortgage. You'll get a mortgage at a higher rate, so you may not be able to afford as much. The market appears to have woken up to such risks in the course of just a few days. In the early parts of February, it got volatile fast. And I think it's all because of the 10-year Treasury. 
On top of the VIX, when the volatility picked up, there are some people who had bet on no volatility. And then sometimes you can go two times the bet. Um, and when you go two times the bet, you have leverage that when it does pick up, you have to sell stocks, even if you don't own them. That's the crazy thing about some of these VIX products. So there's an unwinding of stock futures that is kind of artificial. There could be more selling ahead. You always have to know that. Equity investors are still adjusting to what may be a new yield backdrop, a new yield day on the 10-year. If the 10-year starts making a move to 3%, you betcha there's going to be more um, calamity. When the 10-year, if it sits at 285 and goes back down to 28 and kind of goes sideways for a couple weeks, then we'll take a look at the valuation and we'll say, we're on the high side, but we're not on the grotesquely high side, especially with rates that have calmed down. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. One of my jobs here is to try to do my best to get you to focus on companies to invest in, sectors to invest in, um, time frames, um, what's happened with current market conditions. It's, it's kind of an educational thing, infotainment, so that you don't hurt yourself. I don't sweat running with knives. I don't sweat running with scissors. Um, I don't sweat the, the crazy stuff that other people are looking out for. I'm trying to find, for you the not obvious stuff, the non-obvious stuff. And most of us didn't grow up thinking, oh, the 10-year treasury is important. It is, to me, one of the most important indicators on investing. It ties into employment. It ties into inflation. It gives you something to compare. So I like throwing those out there for you. Now, another one that I want to talk about are things like juggernauts. I got an email from Susan that she's a little freaked out about the market conditions. And she goes, so what do you advise? And I was like, stay connected with the market. You know, if you want to lighten your risk, you know, cut back on your growth. Um, I kind of think this could be a good year for value even before it started, but especially now. One of the companies that's not going to get you into a lot of trouble typically are called juggernauts. Now, that's not always true because look at GE. I mean, WorldCom once was a big player. Like, there's ways of looking at this where you could kind of poison yourself. But more often than not, a blue chip is a great company to invest in for the long-term patient investor. Cisco makes network gear, routers, and switches, and servers. They're the rulers of routers. They're the sultan of switches. And we're seeing more and more information move to servers and need to be moved around from the air to you. One of the projects I did this weekend was work on what turns out to be eight hard drives, eight backups that I've had over the last maybe 10 years of photos and documents. Some of them are like some of the first from 20 years ago, documents of my first, you know, scripts on television. I wanted to save a couple of them to show the kids one day and say, hey, look what dad used to do. But delete. So, but that information has been, like some, I've got a Yahoo account that's 20 years old that I've been saving for 20 years. It's in the cloud for 20 years. 
So Cisco has dominated the market for internet protocol-based network equipment. They make security devices, internet conferencing systems, set-top boxes, and other networking equipment. They do get some misses, and sometimes they're a little too early, and sometimes competition makes better product. Software that controls networks has become the increasing focus for Cisco, which also provides consulting services. Most sales come from customers in the Americas. Cisco's primary customers are large enterprises and telecommunications service providers. We're about to undergo a big rollout in 5G. So there's an analyst out there who says they're from Numura. Uh, they're raising their rating for Cisco shares to buy from neutral, predicting the company will report higher than expected earnings in fiscal 2018. The company has said as much. And Numura said Cisco's web-scale switching winds are durable, and its window for a campus switching refresh will extend through 2019. In the world of tech investing, that's a long time. So the analyst thinks there's going to be a big upgrade cycle for its products in the network switch market. Now, when was the last time you heard big upgrade cycle? It was probably tied to Apple's 10 and Apple 8. Excuse me. One more's coming. Ah, refreshed. Pollen season gets me bad. I look drunk, but I'm not. So uh, the firm raised its rating for Cisco shares to buy from neutral, predicting the co- companies could report better than expected earnings uh, for all of this 12-month period. So they think the web-scale switch wins are durable, and they think there's continuing to be a nice refresh for the company. Now is the time for networking juggernaut Cisco. Now, the thing I like about it is networking juggernaut. And you look at companies like Facebook, you look at companies like Oracle, you look at companies like Amazon, and yeah, sometimes Facebook is like, we're going to create our own servers, we're going to come up with this. But Cisco's really still there. Um, The analysts put a $46 price target on it. That's not a lot of upside. That's 15%. But in a market that has been crazy, it's worth writing down. So the analyst goes as far as to say Cisco appears well-positioned to gain share from Extreme, Juniper, and Avaya, which has generally been weak in campus. So you should take a look at those companies and take a look at their price-to-sales ratio and write down all of them. Take a look at the price-to-earnings ratio going forward. Take a look at the price ratio going backwards. Price-to-earnings ratio. So forward and backwards, very important, because sometimes there's charges. So that number could look like 46 from last year, but it could be down to 15 this year when that charge is worked out after four four quarters. Analysts goes as far as say tax reform and recurring revenue transition are not central to our view. They'll make cushion a market downturn via buybacks and dividends and rising visibility. Company slated to report its full numbers uh, shortly. So it's not... That analyst isn't telling you what to do. That analyst is saying, here's an idea. They don't work for you. You can't, like, think that they do. You can't think that, oh, Nomura said, and I'm going to do it. It's like my friend Susan emailed me. What should I do now? I'm like, well, you want to stay involved, but you want to take a look at what you got, and you kind of want to, like, is it too much risk? Is it not? What, like, do you, how old are you? Um, if you expect to grow 6%, where do you get? If you expect to grow 8%, where do you get? So do you have enough to last till the day you die? Do you want to buy a house? Like, are you need, are you need that money for food in a year? <clears throat> we all differ like golden clay. So, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Donald Trump is in the news. <clears throat> Go figure. President Donald Trump's going to roll out an infrastructure plan. <clears throat> And as he does, it basically involves spending money. Now, here's the problem. Taxes typically account for somewhere between 19 to 21% of our budget. 
now they're going to count for about 17 to 19 percent on the new tax plan. And no congressman likes to cut spending, but they want to spend more money, and they're not, you know, they just cut taxes. Are they going to come up with new tax plans, new tax initiatives? Um, or should the infrastructure plan really be on cities and states versus federal government? I don't like the federal government in any way, shape, or form fixing roads. I'd rather my state or my city do it. Uh, because what if they say, you know, we're going to fix 100 miles in California and 100 miles in Alaska? Like, that's a pretty different thing, right? In California, it's nothing, but in Alaska, it's a lot. So we will see when President Trump says he wants to spend $1.5 trillion in infrastructure improvements over 10 years. That means privatizing, is my guess, roads and tolls and bridges. Um, Cut regulations from it taking 15 years to build an airport in Seattle-Tacoma to two. Let people make money off of it. Improve our infrastructure. Where do you stand on that? Where will Wall Street stand on it? If it gets done, it means more spending, more economic activity, more business, more capitalism. It would be a good thing for the markets. But where does the money come from? We don't know. And the devils are in the details. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Disney just did the unthinkable. They created inflation. For the fifth year road, Disney's increasing ticket prices. It will cost more to visit Disney World and Disneyland now. So the annual price goes up as well. It's going to cost you $117 now at Disneyland. You can call it Disney Disneyland as far as making your head spin. A premium pass for Floridians is $729, up from $679. Wow. Peak ticket prices for the busiest times of the year jumps from $124 up to $129. Whoa. Whoa. And the value prices go from 109, 111 down to 109. Now that's called, you know, inflation, right? Your consumer is paying more for their goods. Now, I once went to Minecraft Fair and it's $50 ticket, which is a better value. Minecraft Fair at $50 or Disneyland at 110 I would have to say Disneyland. But last week, Disney reported. Uh, resorts and parks generated $5.2 billion. Attendance grew 6%. Um, this is milking the cow. There's nothing wrong with milking the cow, but it's milking the cow. Hey, old Bessie. Sorry about my cold hands. I know you're saying that's messed up, and I don't want to think about that, Mr. Black. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, let's talk. Let's talk stock. Um, sometimes it feels like there's no place to hide when you're in stocks. And I can tell you full well that, you know, last, well, in early February is probably the best way of saying it. I saw people panic. And it feels like there's no place to hide. And you're like, whoa, my 100000 is now 95000 What should I do? You shouldn't be in stocks. 
I invest every two weeks in my 401k, and when it's down, I feel like I'm getting a value. I readjust my portfolio once, twice a year in case things get out of whack. So I correlate my future, not with my short term. Like, I don't play that game. Um, I'm okay with some volatility. I like shopping lists, especially when the market is in turmoil. For instance, my shopping list right now for sure has Starbucks on it. It's a stock I'd like to own more of over time. They are pretty well positioned, in my opinion, to continue to cherry pick people who are under 35 who want food for breakfast and lunch, but don't want McDonald's or Chipotle. So on my shopping list right now, for instance, I probably have Apple, Starbucks, Delta, DR Horton, Verizon, American Electric Power. Now, some of those have higher PEs than others. For instance, Starbucks is the most expensive out of them all, followed by Apple, and, uh, American Electric Power. But again, that's gotten got some charges tied towards it. So I have a shopping list. Am I telling you to have a shopping list? No. I, not, in the, not in the beginning of time would I tell you to have my shopping list. You should come up with what you need. Um, Delta. Travel Rewards Maven, Sky Miles. Sky Miles is operated by Delta. It's stingier than other programs offered by other airlines. Based on the value miles hold when securing free flights, that's a good sign for the shareholders. So they don't have a lot of risks tied towards people redeeming their, their, their miles, believe it or not. That is real risk. Delta regularly ranks near the top of its peer group on measures of reliability and customer satisfaction. So it doesn't have to, like, bank on those rewards. The airline group, you know, had a big sell-off in the month of January after United Continental said it would increase capacity by 4 to 6%. 4 to 6%. Historically, capacity growth in good years has led to price wars. Now, I like Delta, potentially. I also like Southwest. Southwest is getting ready to fly to Hawaii. A lot of people think there's going to be an air, air war between them and Alaska. So I would say... I like Southwest. I don't like Alaska or Hawaiian Airlines because they're kind of the established trade routes right now to and fro Hawaii. Makalakalakataka. Come to the big island. We charge big prices. You Americans are stupid. But wait, wait. Aren't you American? Oh, little fact. We overlooked that. We have beautiful beaches. We have the Hawaiian god of fire who fell in love with the Hawaiian god of wind. What? Okay, you've heard. I've been to a luau once. You know, I've been to seven luau's, and I will be honest with you. I would rather have my wisdom teeth put back in and my wisdom teeth taken back out with no Novocaine than ever go to a Hawaiian luau ever again. Oh, my, my, my. Okay, Starbucks is on my shopping list. Why? Starbucks recently bought out its joint venture in East China, and by next year, the country will account for 10% of sales for Starbucks. Same-store sales growth in China is higher than in the U.S., and management aims to add thousands of new stores there. And that should give you some confidence that Starbucks will be able to grow earnings per share. Now, again, I told you they're the most expensive on my shopping list. Elsewhere out there, Apple, stock I own, you know that. Will it hit $1 trillion in market cap? Some people think that there will be a self-fulfilling prophecy that high. What's, what I like about Apple is not how many phones they sell, but their high customer retention rates. Um, 
I think that's really good for the, the business model that they're getting in. They had the best quarter ever for wearable devices, a category that didn't exist for them three years ago. Service revenues were up 18% last quarter. Management said on February 1, it would bring company cash back um, and pay down debt. So $125 billion of fresh spending on stock buybacks, dividends, and or both should get the stock at least support. Why do I like DR Horton? Because they've had a big hit. Um, their Ford PE is trading about 11 times earnings. So compared to the stock market, it looks attractive. Now, investors, if you're going to make a worst-case scenario for it right now, is that mortgage rates are going higher, and it's going to cut into housing demand. The biggest constraint to housing sales in recent months is the lack of supply, not demand, though. And that bodes well for DR Horton. DR Horton lays an egg. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, huh? But no, it was a home builder, the nation's largest home builder, with a focus on entry-level homes and move-up buyers, which is kind of what we need right now. It takes a very conservative approach marked by small land deals and quick turnover into finished houses, which helps limit risks. Mortgage rates might indeed rise. Mr. Mojo rising. Right, right, right. We can slip, um, we can get some doors in there. It was fantastic. Uh, my first day of college, I went to college and I was like, I wasn't going to say, I'm not going to use the word prissy or sissy or clean cut or what have you. And uh, my roommate was pot smoking. Guy who showered maybe once a quarter. And the first day of school was Jim Morrison's death day. Because we're going to listen to Jim Morrison all day. Takes a drag of a cigarette. He smelled bad. Sold mushrooms out of the room. (laughs) One day the cops knocked on the door and they said, Can we come in? I'm like, No. Go get a warrant. Like... That's just the, I was raised in family lawyers. So mortgage rates might go higher. Come on, baby. Let my fire. You know who I really liked in the doors was Ray Manzarek. Morrison, pretty good. But for me, if interest rates go higher, it typically is a response to inflation going higher. And a little inflation sign of a healthy economy. And it means people might be getting raises. Elsewhere on my list is Verizon. And I think they're going to be a big winner from the corporate tax cut this year. They don't have much foreign exposure. Earnings are expected to grow 20%, of which 16 percentage points could come from tax cuts. Don't expect a big dividend hike right away. Um, although they've done a nice job of, of pushing cash to investors in the past. They don't have a lot of competition. Um, although Sprint will tell you that they're better, and there's only a 1% difference in the, in the uh, network. But uh, if you want single digits growers, Verizon works for me. And again, my list should not be your list. I 100% believe that. Um, if you don't, I mean, if you, you're like, I'm going to write those down, I'm going to go buy those, I'm going to call Rob in six months and see what he says about it. D- don't. I think that's a bad idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. You can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. Um, this year, I will be in San Mateo in Foster City. I will definitely hit Las Gatos. I will definitely hit San Jose and Palo Alto. If you want me to come to your city, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. 
And if you use code radio25 at the website, you can get in for free. Go check out what seminars are coming up. Use code radio25 for radio listeners only. We'll chat soon. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. This is a song to me that basically says, let's look at the world. And I don't like anything going on right now. When you hear something like that, you'd assume it's like a negative. I don't think it is. It's a song about unity. It's not a song about strife. There's no better feeling than seeing hundreds of millions of people from different religions and political backgrounds and forget everything and basically throw the American eagle. You know, it's that flipping the bird, so to speak. I know that's PG-13 content on a station that wants me to be PG. But if you go to a concert and you see, literally, you're going to see Christians and Protestants and people from Egypt and people from Russia and people from America. And if they all put that out there, they're basically saying, we're all kind of tired of where we're going. That's right. Am I right or am I wrong? So this band, this is their second song and it's a breakout song. On the first day that it aired on Sirius XM Satellite, Alt Nation, the band was immediately contacted by dozens of interested record labels and management companies. RCA Records won them, so to speak. I like the line, I used to drink whiskey, now I'm stuck with Perrier. I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Middle fingers in the air. That would kind of suck if you're stuck with Perrier, right? Say what? I don't know. I don't know. I find it intriguing. And the video I find to be incredibly gritty. You feel like um, you just brush your teeth with sandpaper after you watch it. Um, It's a very unifying song. I know. I know. Work with me on getting back to content in three, two, one. Content. So one of the things about Disney raising prices for five straight years that I like is that almost everyone I've talked to in California thinks that Disney is rite of passage. This is 30 years in a row that Disney's actually increased its ticket prices. It's the fifth year in a row that it's happened on a Sunday in February. They're getting predictable. Attendance is going up. Another reason why I like them raising prices is that theme parks are where Disney has leverage. Big man, I want to get the Disney. I got the Disney $2 Coke. You're like, did he just did he just say he wants a ten dollar Coke? Good luck getting it for cheaper. Disney's theme parks and resort segments um, was the only business to post gains in revenue or operating profit in all of 2017. You can argue that Disney shouldn't take chances with that one division of if they raise prices, what would happen to their stock? They tried pushing cable network rates higher, and then they started losing subscribers. Advertisers scaling back on their marketing spins on linear television, and they're moving more towards streams. And Disney's going to get there. They're just not going to get there fast. So Disney needs to stretch out its theme business right now, and it's exactly what they're doing. Another reason why I like it is new rides and attractions are coming, and those have to be paid for. They have at least eight new rides coming to Disney World between now and 2021. A far cry from the slow pace of expansion that we typically see in Florida, where there's not a lot of changes. They're investing in new hotels, restaurants, and even a scenic form of transportation. Now, it may be too soon, but remember that little kid who was eaten by the alligator at the Disney park? That was the crocodile from Peter Pan. 
they're going to try to spin it. Of course, they're not going to do that. It's a horrible tragedy. It's a horrible tragedy. But um, there are crocodiles in Florida in lakes. I, I can tell you that. I'm not going swimming in a lake in Florida. Disney has raised prices um, while they're coming out with new new resort enhancements. This summer, you know, it's going to be tame compared to the Star Wars fueled build out at Disneyland in California and Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida that will make its debut in 2019. I don't know if I really want to go to Star Wars Land, but kids, but man, they want it. Um, please, please, please don't buy diamond rings. Oh, wait, we're back to Star Wars. I don't have a Star Wars story ready. Um, Han Solo, Han Solo, Han Solo. And no that's more. my Star Wars. No more. No more. Ford is boosting production of its Navigator and Expedition. Um, large SUVs. Is that uh, a finger? Is that a finger being thrown at Elon Musk? That consumer demand for the new Lincoln Navigator and Ford Expedition has exceeded expectations. So they increased their targets on production by 25%. America loves SUVs. We're fat. We're overweight. Uh, our kids are fat and overweight. They're big Oompa Loompas. We need bigger cars. So they're going to be doing some 3D printing to replace broken tool or manufacturing parts in hours rather than weeks. Um, so they're kind of 21st century. A lot of expectations. A lot of expectations. Higher interest rates will hurt automakers if they're lending to you. You'll be able to afford less car. But again... We had a pretty good car year in 2017, 2016, 2015. So I think we're good. One of the mistakes I see people try to do is sometimes they try to pay with their credit card a little bit too often. Though roughly 80% of taxpayers wind up getting a refund each year. Some go to the IRS and try to make their payments with a credit card. And typically what the credit card or what the IRS does is they typically charge on two, two and a half percent fees. So Charging your tax bill can actually harm your credit in the end. It's one thing to consider that you're putting your tax debt on your credit card could negatively impact your credit score if you're unable to pay that bill right away. But anytime you have that balance, it could also hurt your credit utilization ratio. I don't recommend paying your credit cards with paying your taxes with your credit cards. Number nine. Maybe my new favorite number. Why is six so afraid of seven? Because seven eight nine? Do you like eight, crazy eight, if you're eight? Uh, I don't have a favorite number. I'm not one of those guys. This is Driver 8. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.